0: You're listening to the Husker Cuz Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com.
1: Now, here's Justin Fielder,
0: Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer.
2: Hey guys, Justin here along with the Cousins, Derek and Tyler. Former Husker safety Brian Wilson will join us later for some hot topics, plus the weekly picks. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Uh, But first, the Huskers fell again, 41-24 to Wisconsin on Saturday, extending their 0 for streak to 9, uh, their 0-5 on the year. Uh, Let's talk about our thoughts on the Wisconsin game. Uh, I'll start with the negatives. Tyler.
0: I mean, you got to start with penalties. I mean, and this is this has become as you know irreversible of a trend as I've ever seen for Nebraska. I mean, we cannot get out of our own way. Um, you know, we we shot ourselves in the foot over and over again um, against Wisconsin. So it, it, it's no shame. Uh, surprise, that's where I would start. And then my second thing is our defense. Our defense. You know, I thought there'd be no way our defense would be worse than last year. And somehow, it may not be worse, but it's damn close. We haven't made a team be competitive in the fourth quarter since Colorado. Ouch. Derek? I'd like to kind of address both those
1: issues. And and they they are negatives, and you're you're right, Tyler. Uh, One one thing I'll say about penalties, I think the thing about penalties, yes, we still have too many. There's ten of them. Uh, but the but the bonehead penalties are seemingly going away. We're not hitting people late. We're not getting roughing the passer. We're not we're not getting stupid penalties. As far as the holding penalties go, you know what? I'd rather get those penalties and watch these defenses tee off on Adrian Martinez. And we're going to lose games because of these holding penalties. It's going to continue to plague us, but as long as it's keeping Adrian Martinez healthy, I think I'd rather see that. Uh as far as the defense goes, there's there's a really bad problem with depth, and part of that's with I mean losing 20 players on this team since fall or since spring, I guess. Uh, and there there's a lack of depth right now, and you get they play pretty strong in the first quarter, and then you know like this this game here, that first quarter, Wisconsin had the ball for 12 and a half minutes. Now we held up pretty good and not let not letting them score, but we couldn't get off the field. Uh, so I think they were wore down by the second half in this game. I mean, actually, really, by about second half, second part of the uh, the second quarter, I think they were pretty much well wore down. So we got to get some depth, and I think I think the defense will improve in time. But right right now, you're right; that is a big issue.
2: Derek, you're talking about depth here. I, I just have a question here. Uh, defensively, who have we lost that would have been an impact on defense? Though, I mean, that would really affect anything.
1: Well, we don't really know. I mean, we've lost how many inside linebackers. We've lost Will Honus. That that, career, that hurt depth. Of course, that wasn't leaving the team. That was getting hurt. Uh, I mean, there, there's been players that have left. That I, th- I, th- I mean, I, I don't know what they would have done. Maybe they wouldn't have done anything. Maybe they would have continued to just play on the practice squad. Or maybe they could have stepped up and we wouldn't have to rely on a walk-on Jacob Weinmaster to come in.
0: Cheap
2: shot, man. Cheap shot.
0: (laughs) No, I I mean, Derek, you're right. Depth is an issue. It it really is, and you you see it. And it's not just you know linebacker, but secondary is not there. But you know what? I mean, and 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 not. I'm not blaming the coaches, but they've got to find a way to be better than this. I mean, it's if if it's just depth is our problem. Then might as well just forfeit the rest of the year because I mean they they've got to fix it they've got to do with what they got because it's not an excuse we didn't give it to Riley and Diaco last year right. it, it's not an excuse they have got to start getting these guys to play better
1: you're right and one good starter for that would be bench Antonio Reed after he hits a guy watches him. And he dances around after he said the guy doesn't go down. I mean, come on, dude, you can't do that. You bench that guy. You sit at his ass on the bench for the rest of the game and go. You think about what you did. You're he on time. closed timeout. his eyes. I mean, come on. He, he he laid a good shot on the on the uh, what was his name uh, Groshek, and and he's a pretty big running back. And he he laid a good hit on him,
2: but you didn't knock and him a, down. And it was a really good dance, though. I'm glad I got to see that. I mean, it was it was excellent. All right. So you know, it's it's the same song and dance every game. Is, it seems like Groundhog Day every time that we uh, reconvene for a podcast following a loss. It's the same stuff. I'm surprised turnovers hasn't been brought up yet. Uh, but you know, it's a, it's the same thing every time. Uh, oh, you talked about turnovers. Okay, but no, it's,
1: no. I, you can talk about turnovers, but this was our best game in turnovers. We were actually well, zero on the turnover differential.
2: Yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. But Turn, turnovers you know, it's,
1: didn't kill us in this game. Don't, don't blame turnovers in this game. Not this game. Maybe the first two games you can really blame turnovers. This game you can't blame turnovers.
2: Right. But I mean it's just, it's what I what I was getting is the same song and dance. You know, we we talk about the turnovers, we talk about the penalties, uh the bad, you know, play calling if you may. Uh in this game, uh I don't know why we just didn't even want to establish the rush there in the beginning. It was just you know, you look at you look at our running backs who we have. You know, divine Zigbo off of his best game in the career, and he gets five carries in this game. Why not follow that up? You know, at
0: least try. Uh, hey, because because Greg Bell transferred. I mean,
2: you you've you now
0: do because who's his backup? You, you've got to start being a little bit smarter, Zigbo, going forward now. And Maurice Washington, I mean. I, I, our depth at running back is now pretty scary after those two guys. Well,
2: what are you saving those runs for? I mean, w- seriously, what, what are you saving it for? Northwestern.
0: This oh upcoming game. We weren't going to beat Wisconsin no matter what we did. Like, why, why go give these guys banged up when you have a game now that is a winnable game on Saturday?
2: Um, so you think in your eyes it's justifiable not to try as hard because you know that you're going to get beat. You know not put these guys... I don't care about depth. I mean, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't play 3-4 uh, defense because we don't have enough linebackers since they're all dinged up. Maybe we should just do a 5-2 or something. I don't, I don't know. But I, it's just it's I'm not just sure how a 5-2 would be better I, in that I, don't, I don't know. I'm um, just, I'm just tr- insane here. Because it, I thought that was an insane comment, you know, saying about oh, Divino Zigbo. Because Greg Bell transfers, you're only going to give him five carries.
0: I, I'm just I'm just saying like he he had a big workload last week. I don't know what his health was going into this game. The coaches don't really talk a lot. You you now look at the running back room a little bit differently. You look at their secondary as an opportunity of a place to exploit. I I just th- I what I've thought Exigbo would have got more carries. Sure, can can I see the coaches being like. Man, this might be the worst week to kind of switch it up a little bit, use Maurice Washington a little bit quicker, save some carries for Zigbo as we get into the winnable games of the season. Yeah, I think there's a possibility of that.
2: All right. So, all right, go ahead, Derek.
1: All right, I'll tend to agree with Justin on this one. Like, if you can't handle carrying a ball more than five times, then, yeah, we have some real issues on this
2: team. Maybe you shouldn't have named that guy the starter over Greg Bell. (laughs) If
1: it's like, oh, well, fine. I I think the whole thing was I think they felt they could exploit that secondary, which they did. They had 407 yards passing on this team who was only giving up 173 yards a game. They were number 25 in the country. So, I mean, I I think they found a way to exploit that defense, and they did it. Now, maybe we don't like how they did it.
2: It was in the second half when we fell behind so far. Uh, we we I mean, we, there's ex- we did we did, opportunities. Pretty,
1: we did pretty good in the first half. He had 100 almost 150 yards passing in the first half. I mean, it wasn't terrible. Uh, I, I, you you want to go into the play calling? I remember I remember hearing a lot of people complain about the fourth and eleven Nebraska going for it, and I I understand where people are coming from on that. But what I think people are forgetting is the ball's on the thirty seven yard line, which is a fifty four yard field goal. We know Barrett Pickering can't kick a fifty four yard field goal because we watched him try it the week before. Uh I mean But you know Caleb Lightbury couldn't
2: kick it into the end zone. <laughs>
1: yeah, he was pulled by then. He was pulled by then, so
2: hey, put him hey, back out there.
1: I mean I don't blame them for being aggressive and trying. Like you can't get the field goal, you know you can't get the field goal. You're at the 37 yard line. If you get the four, if you get the 11 yards, and you and you do score, then all of a sudden you're only down uh, 13 to 10, going into you know getting ready to going to halftime. Of course, they probably still I, score, but then you're only down 20 to 10 at halftime.
0: But but I, I but my thought on that, Derek, that I, Justin, the play calling I thought was good. I I did disagree with that decision. Nebraska can't convert a fourth. Down. We haven't really been able to all season. So you have a minute 30 left. I, I get that punting there doesn't make sense, but what, what I would have done, you had timeouts to use. I would have lined up and sh- tried to draw them offside, see if it happened. You know, if it doesn't happen, call timeout or take a delay game, back up five yards. I just, it, it didn't make sense to me. Why give them the field position when, you know, have some faith that your special teams will do something right once and try to pin them back and go into halftime down 10 points. I mean, that that was a key play, and then we couldn't stop them after that for the rest of the game. All
2: right, let's talk about the positives uh, here. Derek, what are the positives, the good takeaways from the Wisconsin?
1: Well, again, I, I, one of the, be- the best positives I think you can take out of this game, most of it's going to be offensively because, again, defense did look pretty Pretty bad, especially in the second half. Uh, I, again, I, I think they got tired. I think they got wore out. Wisconsin's a physical team; they're gonna they're gonna do that to a lot of teams. Uh, but the positives, especially on offense, I, you can see where this offense is going. We're moving the ball well with Adrian Martinez, and I think Maurice Washington is going to be a special player. Like this kid looks good, and he's tough. Like he took that targeting penalty, and. Wow! Just jumped up like nothing hit him, and it, it, he he was tough about it. For a true freshman who's undersized, I, I was impressed with that. It, right. And and that was you know that was another thing that, just one more negative. So Wisconsin had two penalties negated by Nebraska. They had that targeting penalty. The yardage part of it was negated because we had a holding call. And then there was a face mask a, a couple drives before that that got negated because we had a holding call. Yeah. It, you can't have that. You just you, you can't have those things. But offensively, we move the ball. I mean, this isn't the best Wisconsin defense we, that we have seen or are gonna see, but we move the ball well against a good defense, and I, I, that's encouraging. Uh, the beginning of that game, defensively, I thought they looked pretty good. You know, they, I mean, they let them drive down the field, and it, it, it got to the point where you were like, man, these guys are just gonna score on us all day long. They held them to that field goal. And then they stopped him for a drive or two. And then they came back down and got another And then they held him to another field goal. And all of a sudden, it's like, man, they're they're doing something
2: right. Yeah, you don't see Nebraska uh, forcing very many punts in the first quarter this year. And uh, they did that. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Tyler, add on any positives that you saw?
0: J.D. freaking Spielman. I Absolutely. mean, I dude, I mean, that kid... I, he has been explosive his whole time at Nebraska. Um, his route running was so crisp. He was athletic. Um, I mean, the, you can't say enough good things about him. Uh, Derek already talked about Maurice Washington, but I will say this. you know, Last week, we kind of skimmed over Adrian Martinez. Uh, is Adrian Martinez a perfect person, perfect quarterback? No. Um, but I will tell you, he is further ahead than I thought we would see him in the passing game. Um you know, I think Brian Wilson maybe may hit on a little of those things today, tonight when he gets on. But, um, but I, I have, I think he's better than I thought I'd see out of him. He's good running the ball. Um, you know, he needs probably a little bit more confidence in that area. But, like, I mean, I, I don't think you could ask much more for him. Um, what he has done over the last two weeks, especially, and then with, with, with Wisconsin, uh, it's just remarkable. So Adrian Martinez and J.D. Spielman, that's going to be a duo fun to watch for the next two years.
2: I had no clue that we were going to have the best backup punter in all of football with Isaac Armstrong. That was like, dude, coming off the bench there. Just, I mean, booming and kicks, man. That was that was good to see. And you know what? Hey, I feel bad. For, I feel bad for Caleb Whiteboard. You know, we were pretty rough on him his uh, freshman year. His sophomore year, he turned it around. He looked great. This year, I don't know what he's doing with this rugby-style kick, but it's not working. But, do, uh,
0: do you guys think that's a coaching decision, or is that him? Because like, he is a better punter when he doesn't kick rugby. But it can't but when, be him, can it? it but can't when he does, decision. he kicks in
1: the middle of the field and, and sets up great returns for the other team. Like He can't kick to the sideline just kicking normal. The only way he can kick to the sideline is with these rugby punts. And Justin, we talk. We you talk about? We did. We were a lot easier on him in his second year, but did he yeah. really improve that much? I mean, he had like yeah. a negative two yard punt, and he kicked one that went up into the uh, stands in his freshman year. So improving from that really didn't take a whole lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I just I kind of feel bad for him. Uh,
1: look, we we found our punter. Like this this uh, Armstrong kid. Justin, I, I'm actually stealing these stats from you. I had to look them back up. But you, you you brought the stats up the other day. Both both punters had two punts. Lightbourne had 59 yards, averaging 29.5. And, and Armstrong had 107 yards, averaging 53.5. You don't think we found our better, our better punter?
2: Yeah, and that first one was like a 59-yard bomb, too. Yeah. That
1: was, it, it's really too bad it was 59 yards because it ended up going to the end zone where yeah. it ended up being a touchback. If he could have just taken a yard or two off of it, could have been pinned him at the one-yard line. The second one pinned him inside the 10.
2: Yeah, that was a dude that really stepped up. That's good to see. All right, uh, any final thoughts on Wisconsin? Anything you guys want to talk about?
0: I, I just want to point out, we just spent about five minutes talking about our punters.
2: Yeah, that's because that's, <laughs> that goes on the positive side. There's not a lot of positives on this team, dude. So we got to <laughs> take it where we can get it here, okay? Uh But I think there's some more positives coming up. The Huskers go on the road this week to face Northwestern, 2-3 and on the year. Uh, The line opened up at uh, Northwestern, minus 8.5. That line has now dropped to minus 4. So speaking of positives, positives, that's pretty positive there, right, Tyler?
0: Yeah. I mean, Vegas, I I love to say Vegas didn't get those tall buildings by being stupid, so – Um, By it being the line getting closer, you got to think that there's a lot of reason why. Um, But guys, I'm going to be honest. I I don't know if I completely see what Vegas is talking about here. Um, You know, I, I on the positive side of this game, I believe we have more talent than Northwestern. But I believe we have had more talent than Northwestern every time we have played them in the Big Ten. And you know what? It hasn't been the greatest run for Nebraska. Uh, we played well in Evanston. I think that's more flukish than coincidence and factual, but I, I am not convinced we are a better team than Northwestern.
2: Derek?
1: That's hard to tell. I don't know which Northwestern I'm going to see. I mean, this is the same Northwestern that lost to Akron and the same Northwestern that beat Michigan State. I don't know what to take from them. I mean, th- this, is, this is Northwestern every single year. They lose to some shit teams, and they beat some good teams. Now I'm just kind of hoping maybe this week's the week they lose to a shit team because let's face it, no one. Five Nebraska is not a good team right now, so so maybe just maybe uh, I, I'll tell I'll tell you this: uh, their run offense has gotten horrendous since Larkin yeah. got out. That, that guy was averaging 115 yards a game. Their 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 offense was only averaging 117 yards rushing a game with him in, and he was getting 115 of them. Without him there, they're averaging 18 yards a game rushing. they just got eight yards a game against North, against Michigan State. I mean, so basically what we're going to have to come down to is figure out how to stop their pass because they can't run the ball. Of course, I say that, and they'll probably be able to get 200 yards rushing against Nebraska. So
2: <laughs> We have a tendency to uh, make that running game look pretty darn good. And you know what? Clayton Thorson, that dude can run the ball too. That's well, what
0: scares me the most.
1: Only against Nebraska. He never does it anywhere else.
0: <laughs> well, that's a true story. That, he doesn't do it against anyone else. But, but Derek, I want to go back to your, your comment you said at the beginning. Which Northwestern team? Here, here's the thing. Northwestern has an M.O. of this. This is now their third year in a row. They started out bad, and they get better as the year goes on. Northwestern is that team that their coaches analyze, and they coach the players up. What we hope Nebraska will be this year um, you know, I, I worry that Northwestern is starting to play their better, best football. I mean, they took Michigan down to the wire. They beat Michigan State, your favorite to win the Big Ten East. Don't you forget? Um, hey, I already it, admitted and- that was a bad pick. You can get over that already. <laughs> Oh, all season, you're going to hear about that one. Now, I, I think I still hear about Indiana two years ago. So I, I will not let this go.
1: <laughs> well, I, th- I think the only person that really still has a shot at winning the Big Ten East at this point is Justin's pick in Ohio State. So
0: Fair enough. Wait, Penn State's not out of it yet. But, nah, they got by but, Ohio State. But, and Ohio
1: State ain't going to lose to anybody else on their, on their schedule, I don't
0: think. But, Jerk, Jer- Jer- you are right, though. that like Nebraska, you know, Northwestern hasn't ran the ball well and so it's really the question is is what's going to break because nebraska can't stop the run right now you know since colorado we have been torched on the ground week after week we allowed purdue a team that hadn't ran we allowed purdue the second most rushing yards they had gotten all season um against us so i mean it it is troubling uh 200 yards to taylor last week i mean it's been really troubling what this run defense has done and Hopefully, they're in a little bit better position not to allow Northwestern to get it going. So,
2: go ahead, Derek.
1: I think where Nebraska's going to run to the biggest problems isn't so much that. that It's going to be penalties again. I mean, look, Northwestern is the number two team in the nation with the least amount of penalties. They're number six in the least amount of penalty yards. So, I mean, they're getting 34.2 yards a game. In, in yards and only three point two penalties a game. I guess the only thing you can take out of that is when they get penalties, they get big penalties because they're averaging eleven yards a penalty.
2: Yeah, True. that's 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 the big takeaway. Outside of that, the, as far as the stats matchups go, it looks like it's two evenly matched teams. That's why Tyler, I, I don't know why you're so hard on Nebraska, thinking that Nebraska can't really be competitive
0: here. I mean, Cause, okay, I don't know where you say this is evenly set matchup so look, let's look at scoring defense we are 120th in the country in scoring defense they are 60th we've allowed three straight 40 point games they've allowed zero 40 point games look at offense both the scoring offenses are pretty bad we've had zero games where we have hit 30 points they have had three games they, they have scored higher than our season average our season best so you, you know you talk about this I, I don't know where I see the even matchup on this paper because I see Northwestern on paper being a clearly a better team than we are.
2: I don't know how many points you think they're really they're going to score though. I
0: mean, I We've I'm, I'm forty thirty nine up 39.2 a game. I think there's a shot they put up thirty some points against us. I, I think where you have to, I think where you have to
1: start looking is Eventually, and maybe it's this week, maybe it's not. I don't know. Eventually, these 500-yard games for Nebraska are going to start equal, like, equaling points. We're going to start scoring points. Eventually, we're going to stop shooting ourselves in the foot. Now, like I said, maybe it's this game, maybe it's not. I don't know. But you don't, you don't continually get 500 yards, against, especially against a defense like Wisconsin, most generally speaking, and not score points. So, I mean, eventually, that is going to happen
0: what what what's the saying like one once a fluke, twice is a coincidence, three times is a trend, four times is a habit? What does five times mean like I mean, I mean we're now five weeks in the season we've been talking about penalties, and not only are we really bad in this area, even if we do okay in this area and clean it up to like seven penalties, we're playing against a team that doesn't commit any penalties like we're we're probably gonna whatever yardage advantage we get we're gonna lose the penalty battle by about 70 yards if so we're I, lucky
2: so what do you think we can do well against northwestern
0: i mean i mean we're gonna move the ball i mean there there's very little doubt what i've seen from adrian martinez in the passing game we're gonna be able to move the ball um you know northwestern's pass defense is not the greatest um they have struggled uh, quite a bit um, and we've definitely thrown the ball. Um, you know, they they have a hundred and third ranked pass defense. So I think we are going to move the ball in the air. Um, I do think we'll have some success overall on the ground. It's just the question is, do we sh- stop shooting ourselves in the foot enough to score? Because we do not score when we commit penalties. Um, Hale Varsi had a great article about this this week, talking about how we've only scored like four times or so. I don't have the article in front of me when we have committed a penalty. So. We we need to clean that up, and so if we can do that, if Derek's right, we eventually stop doing that. Then yes, we can win this game. But I I have seen no evidence that we are going to do that this uh, this season.
1: So okay, so what about the, the the red zone offense and defense? We are actually well, I wouldn't say we're quite a bit better defensively, but we're quite a bit better offensively. You look at that. We're scoring eighty five point seven percent of the time. They're only scoring seventy two percent of the time. So, so offensively, they don't score. They don't score that great when they get in the red zone. Defensively, we're at ninety one point seven percent. They're at ninety three percent. So they can't stop anybody if they get in the red zone.
2: We just have to get to the red zone.
1: <laughs> we haven't had a problem with that this year. It's been it's been shooting ourselves in the foot once we get to the red zone. It seems like.
0: I, again, it, I I don't want to make it sound like I don't think Nebraska can win. I just think that this is a pivotal pivotal game for the Huskers this season. Like we we this if we can win this game, there there's a lot of things to be excited about going into the second half of the season. And on paper, we are a better team. But you know, last week Frost made a big deal about how Wisconsin does not beat themselves. You know what? A Pat Fitzgerald team does not beat themselves, and they haven't the whole time. So we have got to change that trend if we're going to win on Saturday.
1: Uh, I, I tend to disagree with you. They don't beat themselves with penalties. However, they do turn the ball over a lot more than a Wisconsin team does. So they do beat themselves at times. They're, they're averaging 0.4 turn, or minus .4 turnover margin a game. I mean, they're, they're not that much better than Nebraska. They're like 93rd in the country right now. So, so don't think they don't beat themselves up with, with turnovers, at least.
2: Todd, I want to kind of add on to what you were talking about, being pivotable and all this stuff. I mean, this we, this game marks the beginning of a three-game stretch where we play Minnesota and then Bethune-Cookman. This is a good chance for us to get to at least three and five and see what we can do with the rest of the season. It has to happen now, Right. I mean, if, if we could get it done, it's it could really change the outcome of the season and change momentum headed into next season. I don't. We're not going to get bowl game or anything, but at least you know something to at least you can beat that four and eight marker that Mike Riley set out
0: there. Well, uh, I I don't think a bowl game's off the table. I mean, it, it, if we beat Northwestern, if, if you go down the rankings, in my opinion, of the toughest games left on our schedule, I think easily the toughest is Ohio State. The second toughest is Iowa. This is the third toughest. Yeah, and, and if we beat Northwestern on the road, I, I think there is a very good shot that we can win, get to at least five wins, and then you end the season with Iowa. You never know what's going to happen in a one-game stretch, and shit, we've seen us make a bull with five games to four. It could happen again. I, I just, I, I think on paper there, there's things to like about this. But guys, I think you you two especially have always underestimated Northwestern. You have never bought into them, and you just say, ah, you know that they're that little Ivy League school in the Big Ten that can't beat anyone. <laughs> you did it before the season. You thought they were going to be bad. Derek went on record to say the most overrated team in the Big Ten East or West. They're two or three. three. <laughs> they are overrated. Everybody said they were going to be this ten-win team. Overrated
1: team. No we, we were the weren't most over- we were overrated we were overrated by fans and fans only. Nobody in the in the national media was going oh Nebraska's gonna be great this year. Most of the, most of the national media didn't figure we'd win five games this year, and apparently the national media knew a hell of a lot more than us fans did, which is a big surprise, right? I mean, come on. Northwestern is still at at the beginning of the season. Northwestern is still the most overrated team. They were remember they were supposed to compete for the Big Ten West. They're not competing for the Big Ten West.
0: I mean, they they just they just beat Michigan State, who was ranked, and they damn near beat Michigan.
1: They're not going to beat Wisconsin.
0: No, they're not going to beat Iowa. Iowa. I I don't think they will. They could beat Iowa.
1: I, I will say this as far as Nebraska goes. The only game I left on our schedule that I absolutely, truly believe we cannot win is Ohio State. I think I think Iowa's a very tough game that we probably will not win, but I think there's a chance we could win that game. Ohio State's the only one on our schedule that I can look at and go, there's no chance we have to win the game.
2: All right, we're here with a guest. It is not Brian Wilson, like we thought. Something came up with Brian Wilson. So uh, we have Cousin Todd on to make some guest picks. <laughs> Todd, thank you for joining us at last minute. How are
3: you? No, no problem. I'm good. How are you guys?
2: <laughs> it's a crazy night. Crazy night. First things first, though. I got to ask you, dude. Here we are, Owen Five. What do you think, man? You're, you're always Cousin Optimist.
3: I'm going to say that it's going to be a lot sweeter once we turn it around. I think it might even happen this season. Well, we'll see. Kind of what's in store it's already kind of happening and so i think i'm thinking that we got a good shot this week i'll say that
2: all right
1: cool i like it I, i'm yeah. with you i'm with you todd i thought i think once we figure out that first win i think we'll, the wins will start coming more frequently right now we just need to figure out how to win a game and how to get our, out of our own way so i'm with you
2: all right, Todd, uh, last time you were on, I think you kicked all of our asses in uh, the weekly picks. Uh, but I will let Tyler confirm that. Tyler, where do we stand?
0: Well, all the guests have been kicking our ass this season. The guests right now are up 23 to 12. Last week, uh, Patrick came on and went 4-2. And, uh, and tied Derek for the lead uh, last week. Derek is 20-15. to 15. Justin, you're 18-17. And, and I've been sucking uh, except for my recommendations and the lead ride, and I am uh, sixteen and nineteen. Yeah, I, I'm. A, I'm at least within reach of these guys. So,
2: golly, so only one of us has a losing record. Is that right, Tyler?
0: I believe that is correct.
2: And, and who is that guy?
0: The smartest one here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, T- Todd, you ready for this games of the week? All right, Derek, first game to you. Uh, Now, all of these games are picked straight up. I throw out the line, not to confuse you, but I just love the lines, okay? I love the lines. All right, here here we go, Derek. Number two, Georgia, seven-and-a-half-point favorites at number 13, LSU.
1: All right. uh, Georgia has one of the better defenses in this country. I mean, they're only giving up 283 yards a game, 13 points per game. They have the better quarterback in Jake. Uh, Jake Fromm. He's getting. He's got twelve hundred yards, twelve touchdowns, two touch or two interceptions, passing seventy three percent of his passes. We we continually talk about how good uh, Joe Burrow's is, but he's only passing fifty four percent, twelve hundred fifteen yards, six touchdowns to two interceptions, and he actually has fifty one more attempts than uh, Fromm. I think this game is a. I, I, it turns out to be a blowout. I think Georgia wins this big.
0: Tyler. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you, Derek. Uh, Georgia's number two scoring defense in the country. I like them in this game. Bat Rouge is a tough place to play, uh, definitely a tough place to win on the road, but I think Georgia has a squad to do it. Todd.
3: Well, I'm going to go against you, too. I like LSU winning at Tiger Stadium. I think this will be. I think LSU will come out, hit them in the mouth, and Georgia really hasn't been tested, and whether they're able to respond, we'll see, but I'll take LSU by a field goal. All
2: right, so it's uh, three for the cast to the one outside cousin. I got Georgia as well. Uh, I think LSU, they've been playing their asses out, uh, out of their asses for a while, but I think it comes down to Georgia. Can I change right, uh, my pick? No, no, <laughs>
0: absolutely
2: not. Why well, it doesn't matter? You can. I mean, you suck more than anybody. Uh, but we're coming to you, Tatter. Number seven, Washington, three point favorites at number seventeen, Oregon.
0: Last time Washington played at Oregon, they won seventy to twenty one. Imagine that, seventy to twenty one. Washington wins as the best team in the Pac twelve, and they show it again on Saturday. Todd.
3: I'll go against you again. I'm going to take Oregon at home coming off their bye. I think they'll be ready to play and win a shootout.
1: Derek? Uh, I I tend to agree with you, Todd. And I'm sorry, Kurt. I know if you're listening, I I apologize because I know you're going to hate me for this. But look, Oregon's getting 503 yards per game and 45.6 points per game. Uh, Outside of the Stanford collapse, They've played pretty good defense. Uh, Washington still has yet to get their offense going, I think. And I, I think that uh, their defense is really good, but they're going to get wore out trying to play against this Oregon team, especially at Oregon. I, I got to go with Oregon on this one.
2: Hey, I'll stand with our good friend, Kurt. I'll take Washington. Kurt, me and you, we'll drink beer together after the game. All right, I got Washington. All right, Todd, coming to you, number 10 UCF, four-and-a-half-point favorites at Memphis.
3: You know, I don't know a whole lot about either team, but kind of rooting for Scott Frost's old team. I'm going to take UCF winning.
1: Derek, again, I agree with you, Todd. Uh, Tyler, earlier this year, you talked about Boise State being the best Group of Five team, and I disagree because I think UCF is still the best uh, Group of Five team. They're destroying teams. They're just destroying them. I mean, there's no, there's not even good games. Memphis got blasted by two and four two lane. Uh, UCF's averaging winning forty eight point six to seventeen point four. They're just destroying people. Guys, I, I can't go against UCF in this. No matter how hard I
0: want to. Tyler. You got the number seven scoring offense in the country and UCF against the number 11 scoring offense in Memphis. Uh, This could be a really good rematch from last year's AAC title game. Um, But I think Memphis on the home field gets revenge. I like Memphis in this game.
2: All right. Now it's me. Uh, One thing that I noticed on here, that the over-under is at 78 points. Uh, I think there could be a... A buttload of points scored in this game. UCF can score a buttload of points themselves. Uh, I like UCF to cover. Derek, what do you want to add? Uh, Tyler, that's why you're below 500, just to let you know.
1: <laughs> Go
3: Memphis!
2: <laughs> All right, Derek, we're coming back to you, Mr. Smartass. Number 15, Wisconsin, at number 12, Michigan. And Michigan is 7.5-point favorites. I don't believe it.
1: Oh, I I'll tell you what, if I if I bet this week and this might be the first game I bet, and I'm taking Michigan because look, we destroyed their secondary and we don't even have a good team. I I think uh Michigan, who is gonna be without half of their secondary, or at least a quarter of their secondary, because uh Scott Nelson's out for a targeting penalty from Nebraska, so he's out for the first half. You beat Wisconsin, by the way. No, I'm sorry, yes. Uh Dakota Wilson or Dakota Dixon. I don't know how healthy he is. He left the game hurt. Uh, that, that's half their secondary, I, and we, when we picked that, that the good part of their secondary apart. I think uh, Michigan at Michigan is going to be a tough, tough place to play. They have the better defense. They will shut their their uh, running game down and force uh, old dipshit to throw the ball. And I don't think he can do it, <laughs> Tyler.
0: <laughs> you know, Derek, I, don't think you're a little hard on, uh, Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin is a good team. I think this is gonna be a, a good game. Uh, but with Michigan, I think is a better team. They're at home. Um, they've got the number one defense in the country and you're right. Uh, the secondary is beat up Wisconsin and Shea Patterson just had his best game of the season last week against Maryland. Um, over the last three games, he's completed uh, two thirds of his passes. Um, he's trending upwards. I think he, He has just enough to get uh, Wisconsin over, but I don't know if I like that spread. So
2: you're taking Michigan?
3: Michigan, yes. Okay. Todd? I'm going to take Michigan. I think that it'll be, I think Wisconsin would cover. So I think give Michigan a field goal, but I take them to win.
2: All right, when you can't think of the name Hornybrook, you just substitute dipshit, okay?
3: <laughs> all will
2: be a, all will be okay. Hey, I'm taking Wisconsin here. I like Wisconsin at the beginning of the year. I still like Wisconsin. I love the ground attack. I think they can get it done at Michigan. Uh, I'm different than you guys, so, ha. Huh. All right, Before uh, Tyler. You going,
1: Michigan's defense is, averaging, is, is giving up 96 yards a game and in Wisconsin's uh, is averaging almost 300 yards a game. This, the, this is one of those. Something's got to give type of games. And I, I it is, it is. I, I think, I think, uh, Michigan, I think the defense prevails here. I do. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. All
2: right. Uh, Purdue minus minus ten and a half and shot, Illinois, Tyler.
0: Yeah. I've been impressed with what Illinois has done this year. Um, you know they they won last week against Rutgers. They've been pretty impressive in defeat, um, at least while watching the game. But I I like Purdue after the bye week. Um, I had Purdue as a dark horse going into the season. I thought they were going to be good. You guys laughed at me. I'm clearly a smarter one because they have looked pretty good and they showed it against the last time they played against Nebraska.
3: Um, I got Purdue winning this game, Todd. I'm right there with you, Tyler, coming off the bye. I think that always helps to get a little healthier, and I think they have what it takes to take down Illinois.
1: Derek? This feels more like a Big 12 game than a Big 10 game. I mean, neither neither team plays defense at all. Uh I, I think Purdue has figured some things out since the last time they played, or you know, throughout the season. They started off pretty slow. They're they're kind of northwestering uh, the the whole conference again. Uh at the at the end of the day, Illinois' best win is against Rutgers, and Rutgers is just garbage. So I, I think I think Purdue finds a way to win this game and then probably fairly comfortably.
2: Yeah, they're still finding a way. They're gonna kick their ass. Yeah, I, I like Purdue given the points too, all right uh derek it's back to you with the score prediction contest nebraska at northwestern again the uh the spread is minus four
1: every time every time it comes to the score prediction you always gotta come to me first
2: hey you know what that's because on my screen you are on the top left okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a good way to do it i guess uh yeah Nebraska's played well at Northwestern. We get a lot of fans there. It's almost like a neutral field where we have more fans uh I don't know if that's the case this year as our team has struggled so hard but I continue to have faith in this staff and I continue to have faith in these huskers and i'm I think we come out with a victory of uh twenty eight twenty four I think I think we just find a way to edge them out go big red. Todd, I'm going to
2: come to you now.
3: Very good. I keep hearing Scott Frost saying encouraging things about how we're practicing, and I'd like to think that our penalties will drop, given that they do, and we kind of keep the offensive momentum going. I think that we have what it takes, and I'm going to be a little hopeful and say 42 to 24, Huskers. Wow.
2: I like it. I love your pick. I love your pick. Tanner.
0: I also love your pick. And please, please, God, let that happen. I, guys, I, I want to believe Nebraska could win this game. You know, I really do. But we have not scored 30 points this season. Um, I I don't believe we can do that um, against a team like Northwestern that is so disciplined. Um, I think Northwestern pulls out the victory 34
2: to 24. Right, Tyler, I'm going to agree with you twice. I'm going to agree with you uh, what you just said there, but I'm also going to agree with you what you were saying earlier on, I guess. Uh, ah, God dang it. No, nah, I disagree. I disagree with one thing you said and agree with the, the thing in the before. I think we hit 30 points in this game. I think we hit 31 points. The problem is, yeah, everything that you said is right about Northwestern, and they win 34-31. Did I confuse you, Todd, since you weren't here for the first two segments?
1: I think you confused no, I mean, all of us. Uh, I don't think you had to be here for that to, for us to get
2: confused. Dude, did you just listen to myself? I, I confused myself. <laughs> <laughs> that is never a good sign. Where's my bourbon? Well, let's uh, get out
0: of this. All right.
2: Hey, Cookout. Todd. Thank you so much for joining us on short notice. Enjoyed it as always. And we'll see you next time when you have to fill in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now it's time for our Let It Ride segment. So here we are. Uh, Two weeks in a row, we have won the Let It Ride segment. And so what the Let It Ride is, we we started off with $3. We bet a game. And then if we keep winning, we're going to keep on rolling that money over to the next bet, next bet at the end of the season with whatever money is left over, we're going to donate to a charity. And that charity is teammates, Tom Osborne's teammates. We already have a $50 donation from Huskerhype.com. So we hope to contribute big money at the end of the year. Last week, uh, we won with Tyler's pick Washington state minus 17 over Oregon state this week. We are taking Iowa minus 5.5, five and a half at Indiana. Derek, why is this a good bet?
1: Uh, I tell I tell you, I, Indiana has done nothing to impress me, and uh, Iowa's defense is for real, guys. Like they look good. They, they look. The, the, Iowa's defense look good against Wisconsin, and they've look, they've just looked good every game I've watched. And I haven't watched a lot of Iowa because I don't like them, but. They, their defense does look very good. And then statistically, they, they're one of the best defenses in the country. And I, their offense is kind of coming around. I don't, I don't see where Indiana does well, especially coming off a 24-point loss to
2: Ohio State. Tyler, why do you like this bet?
0: You know, I I, I agree with a lot of what Derek said. I mean, I was a good team this year, and it pays me to say that. Um, what I will say, though, is this was not my pick. So if this does not work <laughs> out, do not blame me. It's his other two. No, I. it's a good bet. I think for people listening, this is a good bet. Iowa's a much better team than Indiana. I think Indiana's near the bottom of the Big Ten, um, right with Rutgers. Uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think Iowa can win this game by a touchdown.
2: Oh, yeah. Once I saw that this was less than one score, I had to jump on it. Last week I took uh, Iowa over Minnesota. And they just completely dominated them. And uh, it was a less than one score pick last week. Actually, by the time I got it, it was that minus seven. I think this is another week where they can just dominate going on the road again. Great pick. Love it. All right, guys, it's almost time to get out of here. But first, we've got to do Last Call, everybody's favorite segment. No topics are off limits. Last call to you, Tyler.
0: Last Saturday after the Nebraska game, I got the pleasure of watching the UC, uh, UFC event. And uh, it was quite the spectacle with the main event of Conor McGregor against Habib. Uh, the bad blood of this was great, but it was one of the craziest experiences watching people jump over the cage. And I truly believe that is the best hype for the rematch, which is bound to come in a week. Uh, Any time now, they are going to announce that rematch, and I will watch that again because it's going to be a great spectacle.
2: Derek?
1: UFC is barely a sport. I don't care.
2: <laughs> hey, Tyler. Uh, okay, uh, uh, so-
1: on, a, on a plus note, there's a uh, good fight this weekend with uh, Bud Crawford, just so you know. Nice. Who's he fighting? Uh, some up and comer. I'm not sure what his name is, but he's 27 and know.
0: That's the, that's the thing about this. Not a sport is that the top people in UFC fight each other instead of the champion taking on an up and comer. No name. Yeah, fake news on the fake sport. Well, I mean, he, he's
1: 27 no. know. So I mean, I, just because I don't follow boxing enough to know his name doesn't mean it's not a good good a good match.
2: Well, you know, Conor McGregor. You know, fighting Floyd Mayweather, that was a publicity stunt. And you know what? I'm not cynical enough to think that maybe this was a uh, publicity stunt after the word, after the fight. People jumping over cages, fighting Conor McGregor, fighting into the crowd to pump up the next pay-per-view fight. Huh? Is there something to that? Conor McGregor wanting more money over a fight. He doesn't give a shit about winning. The, he the sucks. More. He's a shitty fighter, but he knows how to rile up a crowd. And so, yeah, it, it, it's all about the pay. The part twos, part twos. He wants a he wants a part two with Floyd Mayweather. Wants a part two here. He doesn't give a shit about winning. He just likes to walk funny, talk funny, and <laughs> fuck that guy. The, Derek,
1: really? You are gonna drop the F bomb. Uh, Oops, sorry, <laughs> sorry, mom. The, the mom. the more I, I think, watch UFC, the more I think of WWF. Like this is what this is what this is becoming.
0: Okay, let's move on. You guys don't know what the hell you're talking about. Conor McGregor is a great fighter, and yeah. this is not like pro wrestling.
1: It's starting to feel like it. it is exactly As a matter of fact, right. there's actually some pro wrestlers that are in the UFC, UFC right now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, mean, I mean, come on. <laughs> let's get over UFC. It's over.
2: All right, last call to you, Dak.
1: All right, so you want to talk about some news. So, after all this Urban Meyer story about how he's uh, allowed – yeah uh, Smith to uh, continue to coach with him, and everybody's he's under fire and last time he came under fire, he had heart problems, which he later admitted to being uh severe acid reflux, so he had heartburn and that that got forced him to retire from Florida well, now that he's in trouble here at Ohio State, all of a sudden he's got head problems and He's got a cyst that he had removed back in 2014, and now it's causing him to have bad headaches that apparently had him taking a knee during a game last weekend. Uh, I'm starting to think maybe this guy's going to retire after this year to try to save face again.
2: Well, I'm not a doctor by no means. But I can guarantee that it's not conscience and guilt that's driving this stuff. <laughs> I mean, this guy has no soul. He is completely soulless. He is scum of the earth. So don't you worry about this conscience and guilt jitterbugs. There, it's it's not that. But uh, but then again, I'm not a doctor.
0: Tyler, be, let's be careful. Scum, their earth. He's not a paterno. He's not that bad. So no,
1: uh, he's uh, not from Iowa know, either. I,
0: but, but no, this guy, he, he's not a good dude. Ho- hopefully, it, it's it's this fake shit that we think it is, and it's not real. I, I don't wish death upon anyone. But you know, if this is his last year of coaching, he could walk away with a national championship because besides Alabama, he might have the second best team in the country.
2: Hey, you know what? At the end of the day, all of this is part of the agreement that the university wants him to step away from Ohio State. That's it. However you get it done, which doesn't cause too much. The university doesn't want to make it look like they're firing him. And Urban Meyer doesn't want to make it look like he's quitting. Hey, medical problems, just like Florida, just like Florida, man. Exactly. It's, exa- it's, it's the
1: same exact scenario as Florida.
0: Where, where is he going to coach next, though? Uh, uh, he's gonna we go we won't know
1: for two team. or three years. I, it might be uh, LSU when Ed Orgeron loses his job.
2: Uh-huh. and or or he might replace uh scott frost when uh we continue that O for streak okay i kid i kid i kid all right <laughs> hey delete that part out there all right <laughs>
1: oh no uh, you're going on me. record for saying that one
2: <laughs> last call to me oklahoma's and riley just fired defensive coordinator mike stoops following their 48 to 45 loss to texas and i don't care what you say The Red River Shootout is the best rivalry game in college football. It truly is. That game was so much fun. But he's going to be uh, replaced by Ruffy McNeil, a fan favorite from uh, East Carolina. Everybody loved that guy. But what is very interesting about this move, it also brings million-dollar Bob Diaco from defensive specialist to outside linebacker coach. So let's see what kind of strain that he puts on that
0: defense. Tyler? You know, first of all, Bob Diaco should not be coaching football, period. And secondly, you should get fired if you give up 48 points to a Tim Beck-led offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Stoops should have been fired.
2: Derek? That
1: seemed a little rash. I mean, they, they Bob, but uh, well, not Bob, but Mike Stoops is a... Whatever the stoops it is, I don't remember. He's had some good defenses throughout Oklahoma history, and right now they're not good. Uh, te- Texas seems to have turned a corner, and I don't know that it, it just seemed like a rash decision to me. Like you, you lost to Texas, and you want to place some blame somewhere. Mike or, uh, Lincoln Riley, not Mike Riley. Lincoln Riley's looking for an out, and he found one. So
2: so. You know what I find interesting? Bob Stoops turns over the reins to Lincoln Riley last year. He Retires from football. Hey, hey gives the keys to Lincoln Riley, right? Now, Lincoln Riley fires Bob Stoops' brother. I mean, do you think there's going to be some, I don't know, like awkward moments there when Bob Stoops comes back in? Or, I mean, you know, just to check in on the team?
0: No, this because Lincoln Riley is a damn great coach.
2: Is
1: he?
0: Uh, I
2: like he's had
1: one good season, and he took over a team that was supposed to be in the playoff. I mean, it's not like he took over some crap team and turned him into some great team. He took over a team that was supposed to be in the playoff and did well with them. Yeah, so it, he had a, it, we we don't have enough on Lincoln Riley to call him a great coach yet.
2: He had Baker Mayfield as quarterback that even made the Browns. That make the Browns look like a good football team. <laughs> Fair point. I hate Baker Mayfield, and
0: yet he might
2: be walking on water. And,
0: and and yet he replaced Baker Mayfield with Kyle Murray, who might be better. Uh, he and they still that can't beat Texas.
2: Uh, hey, it, it wasn't any part of the offense's fault, though. I mean, the offense did everything that they needed to. do. Is that defense?
1: So long, Mike Stoops. R- really, because they they had a great comeback. But they were getting blown out because their offense couldn't move the ball for the first three quarters of that game.
0: They put, like, 24 points in the first three quarters. But they were down 48-24. That's because of defense. Let's get out of here, Justin. Derek's drunk.
2: (laughs) We all are, guys. Hey, big thanks to Todd Schaefer for jumping on at short notice to finish these guest picks. It was awesome of you, Todd. Appreciate it very much. Hey, be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for our episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and huskerhype.com. All feedback is welcome. Let us know how you like the show. Help us out and share the episode. Get our show out there. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week, and as always, go Big Red.